Come on in, sit down, grab a beer, and get comfy for yet another Beer Napkins podcast. We hope you'll find the next 30 minutes or so enjoyable, educational, and inspirational. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check our web, our site at beerandnapkins.com, all one word, and use the word and, and not the symbol. And you can also find us on Twitter at Beer and Napkins, again, all one word. Beer and Napkins helps generate new ideas and new initiatives by leveraging informal third spaces, community-enabled design, and visual thinking. Now off we go. A big round of applause for our host. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you? I am doing wonderful. <laughs> All right. We're back at the flat in February. In the February. Man, right. this year is going by fast. That's right. The flat Holy crap. Road. Great, great, great whiskey. Great food. Well, I haven't had a whiskey yet. I think Not last today. time. Yeah. Right. So I'm, 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 I'm hydrating today. Oh, Adult good. hydrating. I haven't decided you know. yet. Wife's out of town, so I may oh, end up wow. not leaving today. And, <laughs> and the mice play, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know what they say. But anyway, so this is our, what, second Second podcast. one, yeah. It's yeah. a little noisier in here than last time at the flat. Uh, let's hope that we can talk over it and that it's not a distraction for you all that listen to it. But uh, what's been going on with beer and napkins, Phil? You've been busy. Yeah, but with my day job and my work and stuff. But we did have a an excellent beer and napkin session. Um, I think it was a week or so ago, and it was in regards to public transportation. We had the director of the Greenville uh, Link, Green Link, uh, talk about the challenges of public transportation. And we had a very diverse crowd uh, come together and provide them with some uh, insight and some ideas on how to really get the message out of the importance of public transportation. So uh, at the end of last year, I think we mentioned in this last podcast, we we had a session on affordable housing. And uh, the the next one was about public transportation and how all that interacts. If, If... if employees who work in some of the service industries right. downtown do does not have the appropriate type of transportation, then they they can't get the jobs down there, or they can't get to the jobs. Yeah. Right. It was interesting statistics that we learned at our beer napkin session was about 14% of the unemployment rate is related to transportation. And I thought that was just phenomenal. So I mean, people just are not fantastic. able to get jobs because right. they can't get to the jobs. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so I have my own little theory, and this you may find this difficult, but I have my own little theory about public transportation. If you made it sexy, a lot of guys would ride the bus. Yeah. If they thought that it was sexy, if women thought guys riding buses were sexy, we'd have no problem. Public transportation would be everywhere. <laughs> so we just have to come up with a campaign. So are you thinking uh, to put the Chippendales on? Uh, the, uh, yeah, that, and, and make sure that uh, we don't don't ride it. <laughs> so we wouldn't be doing it. No, right? we would I think not it'd be, be kind of that Saturday right. Night Live exactly. kind of skit with Chris exactly. Farley or something. So, but that was a big crowd, right? You had a big crowd. Yeah, about twenty, almost thirty people there, and wow. Um, wow. we 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 did our brainstorming right there. Oh, we just want to give a shout out to the community tap. They have been really um, supportive of beer napkins. Um, it also, uh, there was a sponsor there, the Piedmont Health mm-hmm. uh, Foundation. They supported this because they've done a lot of research behind transportation as well. Cool. So, again, right. those two. And Susan McClarity, she's been involved in affordable housing and really kind of teed this all up. 
and of course Gary Shepard and uh, Nicole McAdden. So uh, she was um, she was there supporting the process as well. So uh, you guys had some next steps, right? Uh, yes. Uh, so we 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 captured all those ideas. Uh, Nicole is going to be uh, getting connected with a lot of the uh, support organizations out there, the grassroots movements and things to help support public transition. So. Um, it's, it's a good thing. I, I, I see it's a very important part of a, of, of a sustainable and resilient community to have a very vibrant public transit system. So I, I would agree. So that's all, that's what we've been doing in Beer and Africans, really driving ideas there. So our next step, uh, we may be doing some things with uh, Upstate Forever and uh, really driving some things there. So again, uh, Beer and Africans is about driving uh, community ideas through a third space and the informality really weaves itself into better ideas right. so that's how that's what we're all about so that's uh, what's happening in uh, beer and napkins Paul anything happening in your world or absolutely not I, I, I get up in the morning and think nothing but beer and napkins oh all I bet bet no, no everything's gone great <laughs> you know, I got, it, what, what do they say is if it was any any better I have to sit on my hands to keep from applauding absolutely you know, it's, man well it's a wonderful life I love the, the the Twitter action that you have so if anybody follow you on Twitter what's your Twitter handle Paul? Incent Intel I-N-C-E-N-T I-N-T-E-L awesome there's a story behind it you'll be bored by it though anyway so you had a nice little segue there where we were talking about the fact that Beard Napkins is all about informality and finding ways to generate ideas around that and using that as a way to, to enhance ideas. And we've got, a, I think, a wonderful guest that informality is core to what she works on on a daily basis. So anyway, today we are going to be talking to Alrinthia Carter, and she is a rural photographer focusing on the abandoned spaces in the southern southeastern United States. Uh, she aims to tell stories in her work about the South's factories and homes left behind, silently consumed and reclaimed by the elements, and to brush aside the kudzo curtain to reveal treasure troves of machinery, classic architecture, and gorgeous color. God, you just love some people that can write, you know? So she's been featured in the South Carolina Review, Pembroke Magazine, Emory's Journal, Town Magazine, and I think in doing a little research, I saw a picture at National Geographic. There was a picture of a barn, I think, out there. But that's not it. She's not content to be great at that. She's also executive producer, performer, and social media manager for the Alchemy, Alchemy Comedy Theater, which is an improv and sketch performance theater here located uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. I know I've experienced it myself and talk about informal there's really nothing more informal than improv absolutely but she's also you know driving uh our youths uh by being an academic advisor and coordinator at clemson university mba programs yeah so you know i'm now into my fifth page here but (laughs) so we need to get her on here she is truly a renaissance woman Woman. welcome 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 thank you so much for having me I always, uh, after all the bios, always realize, wow, I have a lot of jobs. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I do sleep people at some point. I sleep people. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's our first, what's well, our first you know, quick, quick question here? I think, I think the kind of the first ten question off is that, you know, the theme of Beer and Napkins is building community. Um, can you just tell us about your, your art, 
how you have kind of evolved yourself into what you're doing now in improv and photography and other things and how how is that community important to you? Uh, yeah, so the great thing about being a member of the art community and being a member of the improv community is both things give you the permission to be completely and authentically yourself. Um, and I didn't discover that until probably in my mid-30s where I you know, decided I didn't have to follow a set amount of rules to live life, you know? And so when you let go of those, those self-made restrictions, you could be a little more free. Um, and so with, uh, with abandoned photography, I kind of started doing that on accident. You know, a lot of my fun things I do uh, have been by chance and it just it started for me driving through the countryside is the only place for me to kind of think through what, what was going on in my life at the time and started discovering these homes and you know things that were kind of buried beneath the, uh, the kudzu curtains what I call it and uh, started walking into those houses and seeing what was inside and uh, you know once you see kind of what man is left behind mm. you realize kind of what the potential is left so um, there, there is a community for abandoned space photography they're mostly men uh, there are some women I feel there are some out there but um, it's one that you bond over the shared danger, of course, is not a safe enterprise, but, and you, you kind of, you bond over the appreciation of the past and the beauty of the past and how well made that things used to be. Wow, wow. That's, that's, yeah. that's, I, think that's, I, I think I read somewhere that there's actually a, a, a whole genre that's just leftover malls, right? Where yeah. they go in and take pictures inside malls that have been just abandoned. And they, they, I mean, because think about it. I mean, malls used to be the thing. Right. And they're not the thing anymore. So no. there's a lot of buildings out there. So that was kind of, I remember seeing that there was something online where I was seeing all these pictures of abandoned malls. And But yours is kind of better. I, I like yours a little better because there's a little bit more of a... I don't know if it's a jungle type edge or something, yeah. you know, there's just something a little scarier, eerier about being out in the, the woods versus, I don't know, most of the zombie movies take place <laughs> in, in buildings, you know, like that. But anyway, I, 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 I saw that and I, I, I recognize now that there is kind of this abandoned you know, yeah. thing that, that makes for photography really kind of cool. And there's all sorts of different branches of those things. And the, the funny thing about malls and abandoned malls is, you know, they're kind of our, our marker for whatever era we were in, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You know, if you yeah. are going to the Packard plant in Detroit or you're going to Courtney Mill here in South Carolina, you see kind of the leftover remnants of the industrial kind of age. Uh, but with the abandoned malls, there's a whole different kind of subset of life there that is unique to so that, that almost time, like you know? those are almost like the tombstones of the culture. Yes, yeah, right? absolutely. That's, that's the, the, the manifest day that the leftover becomes the the, the, the dust. Decay of capitalism. Yes. 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 Instead of going to an old cotton mill, you're going to an old Montgomery Ward. There you know. So. So, Arinthia, um, th was this an epiphany, or did it just kind of gradually, this, this breaking of the rules, the expansion of your psyche to explore yourself? In a, what, what, give us a little background of how did you, you yourself as merged internally? Merged with the improv and yeah, photography? It, mm -hmm. Yeah, so with, uh, with improv, you know, 
you are you're free to kind of be whoever you want on stage. And I think like coming from that creative spirit, creative people are definitely drawn to the improv stage because you get to go and build an entire world in sometimes three minutes with no more than a suggestion of pancakes or burritos or whatever. And so I think like having that creative background really kind of lent to how I perform on stage and how I relate to other improvisers and other members of the, the comedy community. Um, and so I think I've kind of found myself in the middle of two really great families, but I get to kind of go back and forth between both of them. Wow. Um, so the um, the the spirit of community. What what is some of the the, the, the memorable type of experiences that you've had um, with your improv in the community? What are some of the stories that you can share publicly? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I'll say this: you know, the point of improv is to make your partners and your castmates look good. Like we are the most supportive people that you'll ever meet. Our improvisers. Um, and I think a great example of that was last year on election day. Um, and no matter you know which way you voted, you 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 realize that that day was a day that was very emotionally um, significant to people. You know whether their candidate won or their candidate lost or they voted third party. You know um, that was day was like really heavy with feeling. Like people were were happy but afraid to be happy and people were really like loudly sad about it and really angry and really kind of driven to action so that 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 um election day also coincided with uh alchemy comedy's comedy festival new south comedy festival and that day we had to put on a show you know and so that night we you know we're, we're, we work all day we're kind of dealing with our own emotions surrounding the election and we all come home to our theater, and we are expecting a full crowd that night. And people were, you know, I don't know if I'm able to uh, be funny today. Like, I, I'm just really upset about this. I don't know if I can really be entertaining or pretend to be happy. And, um, you know, we all kind of talked through that and, and kind of processed those emotions. But then we decided, or we discovered that, People who were coming to see us that night probably felt the same way right, that we right. did in yeah, that moment, right. and they're coming to us uh, for a distraction. You know, it's silly. You know, we're up there playing cats, getting a divorce, but for that moment, that hour in time, they do not have to think about what's happening on the political landscape. And so, um, the cast went on that night, and it was one of my favorite shows that I've ever seen at Alchemy because you you see a bunch of people really banding together and not necessarily putting themselves to the side. You're using, you're kind of driving off your own emotions, but using that to really provide an experience for people who just wanted to get in outside of the mess. You know? wow. yeah. so, so that's my, one of my favorite Alchemy stories. Is, is, is that, uh, do you have, do you videotape those shows at all? Is there any, is there a video for, is, because now that I know the backstory of that, yeah. I would love to see the performance in retrospect now, knowing that's what's inside your heads yeah. on the stage, because that, that would really inform potentially what was happening. You could say, ah, that's yeah. where that, you know, that piece of information drove that outcome. Absolutely. That would be fun to see uh, that, that, that event, I think. Um, I don't think we actually have a video of that particular show. Oh. 
but that's kind Bummer. of the magic. Of it. Yeah. We do have videos yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Temporal nature yeah. of the process. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what we do, and we say it in our shows, is we are creating experience for you that you'll never see again. Yeah. And every that's now and again, we do have it on video. But for the most part, you know, we that that particular night, I wish we did. I mean, that would be amazing to kind of go back year after year yeah, and kind of see where we were. Um, but we don't. Well, you know, that story really um, resonates with me because of our philosophical foundation is that third space, and your improv is that third space where yeah. it's not work, it's not home, but they come together and try to come and make sense of the world through that third that environment, that space, that yeah. you try to build a community around. So that, 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 that makes total sense to me. So that's excellent. So what drives you? What, what drives me? Well, I, you know, I, my baseline thing is I just want to have fun. I want to have a good time. I want to do things that I enjoy. I want to create things that I'm proud of and that I enjoy sharing with other people. And that kind of crosses the line between photography and improv. You know, if I you know, wake up and I go to work and, you know, I get to relate to a student at work and I get to kind of share a little bit of, my, of myself with them to kind of make their, their bit, they better and, uh, and kind of uh, attack their academics from a more supportive um, state of mind. Um, then I can, and then I can go after work. I walk across the street to the theater, and I put on a show with some of my best friends. And I feel really lucky to be able to do that. So I, I try to wake up every morning and be like, you know, what do I have going on? And I have a packed schedule usually every day, but I've made sure in the last few years that though my schedule is pretty packed, it's packed with things that I want to do. Yeah, so. Um, I think you, and especially with women, like they don't give themselves permission to, to enjoy what they're doing and enjoying what they're putting out. It's always kind of more of a sacrificial type thing, mm. you know. So, That's powerful. Yeah. Wow. So, creativity. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about creativity. I've read many books and many things about creativity. What is how do you keep that creative edge in your life? What What is some of the things or your philosophy of how to kind of keep the ideas flowing, your creativity, your joy in that process uh, without really grinding yourself down? Yeah. Um, I think the best thing and something that we're really lucky to have in Greenville is to surround yourself with other creative people. Um, even if you don't have the same medium or you don't perform the same sort of comedy, um, I think that if you are with people who are already always thinking about ways to create their next big thing and they're swapping ideas but they're also coming from so many different walks of life all of that is serves from for inspiration for you you know for me it's like i learn about someone's farm someone's grandparents old farm or i hear an accent in the plaza and like that is my next character on stage you know and being surrounded by creative people they don't see that as something that's weird or, or different it's just part of the process of kind of taking in the world and putting out what you what your interpretation of that is excellent yeah so i agree with you greenville has a vibrant creative scene mm -hmm. yeah, we just got to keep tapping tap yeah that. we do so uh what's up what's next for you what's the, where you where, where you want to go where do i want to go i mean my if i had 
all the money in the world. I would love to go and spend a few days up in Detroit and uh, just appreciating the, the, the factories up there doing a little more industrial on urban side. Um, so that's one of my dreams. And uh, my other dream is to meet Leslie Jones and perform improv with her. And uh, that's like my stretch goal. I'm putting it out to the universe in case Leslie Jones just happens to be listening to this and uh, wants to play with me. Um, and that's one of my dreams, and, uh, but written reality. My next big thing is uh, I'm going to uh, a summer camp for improvisers in uh, Yosemite National Park. Oh my god. I'm wow. really excited wow. about it. It's called uh, Camp Improv Utopia. It's four days. Can of, I join you? You can. Come on down. <laughs> and it's four days of just all of these improvisers coming in from across the country to learn one form from a master teacher. Um, and it's part of one of my 40 things to do before I'm 40, which I have uh, eight more months to get done, is uh, perform improv with people I don't know and to see you at Yosemite National Park. So it's kind of like a double whammy that I'm so looking forward to, to doing this year. Um, I also want to, um, or of course I want to, but I am focusing on taking my art to the next level. Um, I really want to publish a, a book of my photography, and uh, so I'm, I'm learning the publication process on my own of like getting a literary agent and how to shop your work to, um, to, to publishing agencies and, and getting your work out there to people who have never met you and who want to learn about the industrial path to the southeast. So those are my big, big stretch goals that I'm. We will so be excited. watching for that. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you, that do you follow Leslie Jones on Twitter? I do. She's got a pretty good Twitter. Feed. She's amazing, and I've been following her career since she was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to watch some of her old videos, she is just a brilliant, just a brilliant way with words. She's an awesome writer, you know, yeah, which is why yeah. she's like a, a huge asset to Saturday Night Live. Um, and I think she's a really big uh, uh, inspiration to women who are discovering their comedy careers past the age of 30. I mean, she just turned 50 and is a player on Saturday Night Live. And she's doing all of these opportunities right. yeah. that came after a long time and a lot of work. You know, that's not, you know, it's not a magical, there's no magical formula. You have your head down for 20 years and you finally get that, that discovered. That wake and ride, right. Yeah. As everybody forgets, yeah. overnight successes usually take about 20 years. Right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I just right. enjoy when she puts her videos out there from when she's working out. <laughs> I mean, she makes me feel bad for not working out, but hers are hilarious. But I love excellent. her Game of Thrones videos. Um, oh, that is hilarious! Our Game of Jones, I think, is what, it, what it's called. I don't called. even remember. I just know yeah. I watch every time she's watching the episode. She's taping herself watching the episode. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, love it. Anyway, how much time we got left? As much time as we want. Okay. So we can yeah. just kind of keep on going, right? So um, I have a napkin for you. Okay. What um, what type of problem, what type of challenge would you want to solve? Oh, see, a challenge I want to solve. And, um, this I is a, this is something we're going to ask all our guests. In the I love this. Absolutely. I, a big issue that I kind of see is really with the, the art scene in Greenville. I think that 
Um, what people don't realize is there's two art scenes in Rainbow. There's two, one. There's two. two separate art scenes. One that is more established, more uh, old world, you know, and um, very traditional. And then there's a whole kind of underground uh, side of Greenville art that's not underground that it's bad or that it's shameful, you need to hide it, but there's a, there's a large group of working artists in town that don't have the funding or don't have the exposure or don't have the ability to be in the more established galleries. And so they're getting together and they're putting together house shows, like they're turning their apartments into, into gallery. galleries that is awesome. and showing their wow. work. It's such a grassroots art effort. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and which was really what art needs to be at some point. But, you know, um, they're very excited. They're very talented. But we're seeing these young artists go to other cities because they're not seeing the support that they need here. And in we, we had a few listening sessions with uh, GP mm-hmm. of the South Carolina Arts Alliance, yeah. right? So, and I hope that there's some continual discussion in the future how to keep keep rolling with that. I, you know, I'm I'm a, I, I trying now art. I'm I'm trying to do my watercolors, but I don't know either how to express myself or what avenues or or things like you said. It's just hard to kind of break through and, and really get that exposure. So yeah, it's a lot of work, you know. Um, for me, my first show in Greenville was a house show, yeah. and so I have kind of a deep kinship for people who do that. And I, we had it on a first Friday in my best friend's apartment. We put it out on Facebook, and 70 people came to that show. Oh wow! And uh, you know, I didn't sell anything at that show, but it was an awesome experience. So, so what's the goal? Is it to sell something, or is it the exposure? Because I mean, those are two different things in a lot of cases, right? Yeah, I think it's both. I mean, I think yeah. it, obviously, if you're thinking realistically, you have to make the money to be able to support what you're creating. You know, I can't if I am not selling work. You know, I. Can't can't go on my long hour drives through the countryside. You gotta pay for gas and materials to have art shows. You know, um, a typical art show can be a, a thousand to two thousand dollars, just material and space requirements and, and alone. So you do have to make some money, but exposure is great because people get to see what you're doing. But exposure in a way of kind of reaching them in kind of their heart center. You know, like anyone can take a picture of a barn, but if a picture of a barn kind of touches that nostalgia in you or reminds you of the greatness that the Southern Industrial Revolution was, you know, that's what I feel my job is. So anyone can see my pictures. It's online. But I want to be able to make you feel connected to what I'm showing you. And I think that's the great thing about exposure. And so you have to kind of have those two things intermingled to kind of really make it work. I'd be a, that would actually, I, you know, and here I am creating work for you, probably, if I won't be in town. <laughs> but I mean, that would be a fun beer napkins event to, to, to take that on and say, okay, we're going to do a session on how do we drive that art scene? How do we, how do we make that happen? You know, I think it's been on the agenda with George, so but we just we that we need to schedule that. I think that's an important yeah. thing to kind of move forward. You know, it, it would be really interesting to mix art and improv and do that's probably already been done, but you know, maybe a bare napkin well, between know, the two together. Speaking of that, that's hilarious that you just said that. What that just struck in my mind, and you'll appreciate this a little bit, I think. The first date I went on with my wife. Uh huh. 
was to a show called Tutus and Two Cartoonists and Two Acts. And what it was, if you remember, the guy that, Jim Davis, the guy that draws Garfield, um, and the guy, a guy named, uh, God, I'm going to forget his name right now, he's a political cartoonist from Dayton, Ohio. And what they did was they got on stage with two easels, and then they had the Dayton Ballet doing ballet behind them, and they were drawing as the ballet was going on. So they were combining kind of impromptu cartooning with the, they were trying to capture what was going on basically behind them because of the music and, and everything. Amazing. And it was called Tutus and Two Cartoonists and Two Acts. And it was our first date. And yeah. that's kind of similar to combining Our them. next project of collaboration, maybe at the improv, we'll do an yeah. art and improv. Yeah, I mean, we would love to do something I mean, like brainstorming is nothing but improv, yeah, right? Yeah, we just did something right here. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, improv is basically brainstorming that you're taking to the next level and you're actually acting out that brainstorm for people to, to view. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the second art scene is thriving. You know, we have a new art festival that's coming up. It's actually the second year. Um, it's called Flipside um, Alternative Arts. And these are people, it's majority Greenville artists. Flipside? The Flipside Alternative Arts. Yeah, definitely look it up. They'll be at um, Birds by South. Um, in May, and it's after our, our big art festival that we're known for. I don't know if we should name them or not, but these are going to be artists that won't, wouldn't have gotten a chance to be chosen for that larger, more prestigious festival because, you know, it's an 11% acceptance rate. So someone who is um, developing photos in their bathroom is not going to have that, that connection. Oh wow! That's, that's, well, we will definitely promote that. So. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention. Yeah, so I'm I'm really proud. You know, I'm not. I'm, that's one of the things I'm not running. But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I should say that should from you the not? Side, should I? But um, I'll be exhibiting my work there oh, as well. And it's a bunch of weird misfit skateboard art, comic book art, art. Um, you know, fabulous. my creepy houses will be out there, and yeah. it's gonna be a grand time. So I think that we're doing great, but we have to find a way to kind of connect flip side, the flip side artists, with the established artists. Well, town. just the name alone tells you you ought to be able to go, like have like a curtain down the middle of the street, and on one yeah. side's flip side, and one side's a, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, then that just kind of sets up an us versus them thing, right? It does. We need to figure out a way to get that all under one Right, like one how do we tent. make right. it all Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be fun. So that, well, that could be, a, that's a good nap in there. Yeah, yeah it definitely. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that challenge. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something that, you know, with every with all the other narratives going around with, with the haves and have-nots and then building that equity in the arts area is, is, is definitely an important um, thing where we need to focus on. Right. So now, now here's a question that's off script here, but when I was getting ready for this, obviously I went out and kind of did a quick Google of everything that you're working on. That's how I got that the, the bio, but it, it, you know, you're doing the social media for the our alchemy there. I couldn't find a Twitter account for you. <laughs> Yeah, the, there was the, one, but it said it wasn't working again. It was like uh, Southern Filter, I think it was. Yes, yes. I actually have a very abandoned, uh, for lack of a better word, Twitter account. I am at Al on Twitter. At Al. Yeah, or maybe at Arendia. I'm actually not sure. That's how often I use it. Um, and the funny thing is, is it about, mostly Instagram now. Is that why? It's or? mostly Instagram. And the funny thing is, 
people who work professionally in social media, they're don't have terrible their own social media because they're, they spend their own time. Kids, yeah. So, so what, is, what are kids using now? Is it mostly Instagram? I think that they're using I think they're using Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But I think Twitter is one that is a, a better kind of like it's an instant like continuous feed of what what thoughts are going through people's right, minds. Right, right. Um, and so for that, you have to make like these really short, really impactful yeah. statements to kind of rise above. I the can't noise. do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now you know, you know, you got 280 versus 140 characters. Right. So you can make a little right. bit longer. Which is but really weird for me yeah. because you know, running Twitter for Alchemy, you know, the 140 characters really makes your comedy writing real sharp. You know, like I have to yeah. say, these are the shows that we're having. It's going to be a really funny, and I have to say it in a really short amount of. You know, you know, here's something. Have you been? Do you follow Oliver Willis by any chance? No, I don't. If you get a chance, I don't know if you have either, but he is a writer for I think it's called Share Blue, which is a fairly left-leaning website, you know. But he's a he's a, a writer for them, uh, and he started a book basically in Twitter with 280 characters, and now he's selling it on Amazon. It's called Deep State. Or the deepest state, and, it, and it's basically, and it's 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 great. It's the greatest thing in the world. It is uh, 280 character stories back to back to back, and it's a whole book, now. and it starts. You know, it's got like um, uh, uh, Joe Biden is like a commando, like a like a you know going through the the jungle rescuing. Uh, Dick Cheney, and I mean, it's just ridiculously wild. And it, you know, he's got the Trump boys in there. One of them, the, 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 the I don't know which one. What's the there's Trump Jr. But the, the other boy, what's his name? Uh, uh, Eric, maybe. Eric, I think. Yeah. Right. They got him. He's a feral. So he's got in a cage, and he runs around and drinks blood and sleeps in a coffin. It is the greatest thing in the world. So anyway, anyway, Oliver Willis, it is Interesting. We'll have great. to check I'm that sorry. out. So, yeah. so, if, so how would people then follow you, get connected with you socially on the on the internets and the interwebs? What, what's the best way? Uh, the best way for me is uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram is where you'll see my photography. You'll see in, in real time things, places where I'm discovering and, and exploring. Your that is uh, it is Southern Filter. Um, and filter is spelled with a PH. Okay. Yeah. That didn't show up in my search. I'm surprised. I mean, I wasn't looking for it, but that's probably <laughs> and why. mysterious. So yeah. Southern uh, Filter with a PH mm-hmm. on Instagram is where you'll be. Yeah, that's, that's the best place to find me. Um, cool. I also have uh, Instagram that's just for food. Um, and that kind of grew from when I wasn't shooting houses. I was bored and I was shooting food. Food? So, food, yeah. Oh. So I was taking pictures of my, of my Aban- plate. Abandoned food? Abandoned food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Except, you know, there are people who take pictures of their food and they'll go and do the whole posting process and then they'll eat your it's food. It's cold. I should do one of my old chicken wing bombs and stuff. That, you know? that, that would yeah, be hilarious. A whole, yeah. There ought to be one that's. Well, what would we call that? Abandoned food? It could right? be abandoned, it could be yeah. you know, Tax, the aftermath. Food? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was was, you know? Um, but yeah, so. I am. I'm just a, a huge just supporter of everything that's creative in Greenville, and I have such hopes for it. Oh well, we're gonna know? definitely follow your journey and your story. Yeah. Well, let's move on to some fun questions. Okay. Well, this is not so serious. All right. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite cuss word? 
Oh my god, my favorite cuss word. I'm probably I'm convinced that my parents aren't gonna hear this one, so my favorite cuss word is the F word. Uh, I say it, and it's weird because I'm pretty clean on stage, but it's a it's an every second word sometimes, and so I'm trying to like. It, rain it, that in. It covers a lot of ground. It does. It really does. It's Good and bad, right? It's a verb. It's a noun. It's an adverb. It does it all. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I find myself just like, oh, wow, that's, that's five in one sentence. You should probably calm yourself down. Oh, uh, let's see here. Favorite movie. Uh, my favorite movie is uh, The Color Purple. Nope. I'm oh. sorry. Purple Rain. <laughs> Purple, purple. Purple. Oh, my God. Bloopers. Um, I'm going to see Color Purple in a couple of weeks. That's where I came from. But Purple Rain is my ultimate movie because um, I am a print super fan. I uh, I am still mourning his loss actively. But uh, the great thing about Purple Rain is it's not a great movie. I mean, if you're looking at it realistically, it's like, oh, okay, this is clearly a vanity project. But it's so awesome because it's just like Prince is like, I need a movie starring myself <laughs> and my motorcycle. I was gonna say, and a purple motorcycle. My Honda motorcycle. And incidentally, there's some women and Morris Day. Morris Day, right? This Morris shows Day. up, yeah. you know? Have you guys ever seen Morris Day perform? Not personally. I've, I've seen him. I love, I love the mirror. Oh my god, Jerome, he yeah. came, I saw him in Greenville oh, wow. at the Peace Center um, when Tom Joyner was still doing his Sky oh, Show. Yeah. And the concert was at 6 a.m. And uh, you get up, because it's part of the show, right? So it was a morning show. So you go and you camp out for tickets the night before, and you come back at like 5 a.m. to get a seat. And you watch this whole thing, and, and Morris Day in the Time was the live performer uh, that night. Everybody do the dinosaur. No, he's, yeah. he's from Minneapolis, right? Yeah. So I'm going there in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Is this place bar still in there? First Avenue? First Avenue? Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's still, still open. Mm -hmm. I need to... I need to visit there. I want to do the pilgrimage. No, I haven't. I, when I lived there, we used to go there. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should see them on, I think they have, they have an Instagram account. You can follow yeah. on. I, will, I think yeah. I need to go by there, and I may draw it. I may do an urban I sketch. I would love it. I Make would sure love you it. use a lot of purple. I'm going to use a lot of purple. Tons of purple. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, what's your turnoffs? My turnoffs are um, people that aren't kind. And that's not just like, oh, opening a door for you or letting you merge in traffic, but uh, not kind of appealing to the human nature in all of us. If you are always negative or if you're one that needs to show somebody up and not communicate with them, you know, I think that letting someone have their voice and their kind of personal agency is very important. And so if you are one that kind of encroaches on that, then that's, that's just not cool. So... Mean people, not a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, I'm gonna let you ask one, and then we'll. I, I like this one. I, I've had to answer some of these questions in other okay. ways. So I like this one because it's what sound or noise do you love? Oh, you know what? It's uh, the popping of a champagne gourd. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like that is like a pure, and of course when you're in a fancy place, you're not supposed to hear the sound, but why wouldn't you? Um, I think that is like the sound of celebration. Like you're not going to hear a champagne cork pop at, I don't know, uh, a funeral or something, you know, unless it's an awesome wake that I want for myself. But that sound is like 
a 10 second, not even 10 second, like 5 second burst of energy and it's like encomp encompasses everything that's so great about celebrating something. No, that's, that's a good one because it can apply. I, I, I'll have to remember that one when I get asked again. Oh, that's a, that was, a, that was a, a one of the most excellent answers I've heard. You, so, you can hear the, the champagne popping. Well, and it could be graduation, births, yeah. in some cases deaths, right? You know, yeah. kind of covers the gambit. It's it's such punctuation on the human event. Yeah. You know, F, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be simple like brunch, you know? Like, me and my friends in Greenville used to have something called Ultimate brunch, where Ultimate brunch. we figured we couldn't go to a restaurant and stay for five hours because that's expensive. But we would go and gather in someone's house, and we'd all bring a bottle of champagne and a dish, and we would just hang out for five or six hours and just be together. And it would never get boring. We'd go through different things and dance and watch music videos. And, and it really is nothing better than brunch. Yeah, brunch is oh, the brunch greatest is that, thing. That's absolutely. The absolutely. the best thing. Yes, yes. Can't go wrong with brunch. Alright, so we're kind of winding down a little bit here, so we'll, let's talk about kind of a, an ending type question. Sure. So, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh my goodness, uh, this could either be taken in a good, great way or a bad way, but I feel like when I get there, God or St. Peter is going to come up and say, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> we've, got, we've got this huge festival happening, <laughs> or this huge party, or God just wants like a parade or something, and no one here can plan like you plan. So, so I need you to You want to go to there. work at, when you get to heaven. I would work in heaven if I were doing things that involve spreadsheets, uh, making playlists, and comedians. You know, if I could do that... I would totally work a full job. That's a that's an interesting uh, combo because typically the people that are on the creative side of the fence are not big fans of like Excel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're not mathematicians. They're not finance people. So that's a that's a very interesting combo. I think it's a powerful one personally yeah. because I think it allows you to see things through a lot of different lenses, and that does give you the ability maybe to be a better improv person because you are combining things. Creativity, in my mind, has always been the ability to combine two things that other people never saw the connection of. So to me, that that's... But that's hilarious. That you're, you want to go to heaven so you can go to work. I will. <laughs> I, will. I mean, if I can have four or five jobs on this earthly plane, I have to have at least one or two in heaven to still be myself. You know? Well, you're such a wonderful person, and we've learned so much. Yeah. Well, you've been here. You are truly a Renaissance woman. Oh, thanks. And, um, I do my You've expanded our minds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will we will definitely want to continue to watch your journey, hear your journey, and experience your life as you bring such joy to this community and art and uh, art and improv. So thank you so much for being on this show. Thank man. you for Absolutely. having me. It's it was awesome. a blast. And uh, for all of you that are listening to the podcast, we'll try to get another one up here pretty soon. Keep you up to date on what Beer and Napkins has going and what uh, Phil's been able to conjure uh, with the different groups. And maybe you'll be seeing one with the, uh, you know, what is it, the Flipside Artist Community, maybe. So uh, put that in our list of our Trello board or whatever it is. But uh, again, Phil, thanks a lot for putting up thank with me again. Thanks. Thank you, Paul. And appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you. Absolutely. So, thanks a lot, everybody. Boo-bye. Yeah.
Thanks so much for your time today. If you'd like to be a part of the podcast, check our website at beardnapkins.com, all one word, for our schedule. We always record live in a pub and love to have you in the audience. Until our next podcast, here's to new ideas, new friends, and the pubs that enable greatness. Thank you so much for listening.